0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Welcome to another edition of the Hound Healer Reports, where I'll unpack natural healing news for you to take even better care of your pets and help them live longer, healthier lives. This is Jody Miller-Young. We'll take a short break from our sponsor. So grab that favorite beverage, get comfortable, and we'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome, Susan. How are you? I'm
1: wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: Great. Really, really glad that you could be a part of this. Tell everyone exactly what it is that you do with The Truth About Pet Food Well, I am a
1: regulations person. I take the regulations since they're hidden. Actually, pet food regulations are are not public information. They're hidden from pet owners. Mm -hmm. And um, so I take those regulations and explain them in a non-legal language to pet owners. We battle the regulations because um, there are laws that are ignored in pet food blatantly ignored by FDA and state officials. Um, So it it circles around law, you know, basically the laws of pet food, what were promised, and then what we really get are two different things.
0: Great. So So you're investigating those types of things, basically with the truth about pet food, right? Correct. Okay. Well, how did you get involved in in this? A Pet
1: Food Killed My Dog.
0: Oh, my God. Many.
1: It's been 30 years, I guess, ago. My veterinarian back then, who was so wonderful, he knew more about pet food back then than most vets do today. And um, my dog, who was, I I ran a dog uh, training facility and boarding facility at the time, and this dog was... Not only my pet, but my business partner. We worked together every single day, and wow. uh, I depended on her so much. She, I had two young children at the time, and she helped them learn how to walk. And it, you know, it was she was just an amazing family member. And all of a sudden, it was almost overnight. She got a lump on her pelvic bone. Uh, I took her to my vet, my trusted vet, and he told me it was bone cancer. And I had about two weeks to tell her goodbye.
0: Oh, geez.
1: And of course you're in shock. And I, I said, how, you know, how did this happen? And he said, well, it was probably a chemical preservative in the pet food. That chemical preservative was a which is still used today. You won't find it on a label. However, it's hidden. And, He told me, he explained to me that this preservative is used to extend the shelf life of a pet food. Well, I didn't know what shelf life meant back then, um, but, uh, and I made my very first phone call. This was before the internet, made my very first phone call to a pet food manufacturer. And the only thing I had the nerve to ask them was how long would the food stay fresh? And they very proudly told me their dog food would stay fresh for 25 years. Oh my God. And that moment changed me forever, you know, with knowing that, that I bought this food, I put it in her bowl twice a day, every day. And it caused, you know, this preservative in there that they're bragging is going to stay fresh, like a Twinkie, you know, for 25 years, killed her, caused her cancer. So this vet loaned me books he had. And then when the internet became available, um, they, you know, I could access papers and so forth. And, you know, one thing led to another and a group of friends, I would stop people in the street as, if I could to share my story, share what I had learned with them. And friends encouraged me to start a website, I did in 2006, and here we are today.
0: Yeah, incredible. Now, I want everybody to know, I've, I've mentioned this, but I want everyone to know that you're not affiliated with any food companies, so you stay completely independent, and I know from previous conversations with you how important that is to you. So how do you navigate getting inside these processing plants to have eyes and ears on the ground? Well, you don't get inside their
1: plants. And if they would invite you, they would only allow you to go in certain areas. I've been lucky enough to um, have employees of these different plants to reach out to me and share information with me. Um, And then you learn from going to the pet food regulatory meetings. There's two meetings a year. Um, so you you learn from uh, the regulations and their discussions on particular regulations. You learn snippets, bits and pieces which all become part of the puzzle, you, uh-huh. you know, and so we we're, we're continuing to put pieces of the puzzle together, but um, you know that's that's how it's all fallen into place.
0: But those employees are, Brave, well, vital. You're I've learned there, so out. many
1: things from, and I've had a couple scientists, um, um, scientists that are animal feed forensic scientists, befriend me and share information with me. So it's, it's, it's just. It's been a learning experience for sure.
0: Absolutely, but it's now been what uh, 15 years. I'm sure you have learned volumes and volumes. Um, how much of what we see on the labels is what's actually in the food? Barely anything. <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: they, yeah, they are. And we've complained about this. So, backing up a little bit, pet food ingredients: chicken, as example. Pet food ingredient chicken is very different from human food ingredient chicken, and it has its own legal definition. Human food chicken is required to be inspected and passed by the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture. Pet food chicken is not required to be inspected and passed. It can actually be sourced from condemned chicken. Yet a pet food can show on their label this beautiful roasted chicken that we're very familiar with. We see that. We think chicken. It says chicken made with real chicken right there on the label. Of course, it's got to be the same, but it's not. It can be decomposing chicken. It, It can be rotting, condemned. Oh, let your imagination run. It's horrendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when and this is this is a little graphic. I'll I'll warn your listeners right now. Uh, when hens who produce eggs—that's their goal in life—for these farmers, when they're done producing eggs, it is a horrific thing. They they grind them up alive. Basically, they come in with a big vacuum into these barns and suck them all up the vacuum and there's a grinder at the end of the vacuum and that can be your pet food chicken when there are floods several years ago um, in uh, hurricane florence just devastated north and south carolina and these factory farmed animals literally drowned in their barn Well, when the waters subsided and these drowned decomposing carcasses were left, they came in with bulldozers and regulatory authorities, North and South Carolina Department of Agriculture and the FDA allowed those. It was like three million, I believe, uh, turkey and chickens allowed those decomposing drowned carcasses to be ground up and sold to pet food with no disclosure to pet owners.
0: It's just unbelievable, unbelievable. And so tragic, really. So it's it's
1: wrong, you know, it's just wrong to not, if they're going to use that, that's one thing, but to not tell us.
0: Yeah. that's And then to show
1: on the label, this beautiful image of a roasted chicken.
0: Yeah. It's despicable and, and it's wrong and it's cruel. It's cruel to the pet and to the pet owner who yes. loves that dog or cat so That's much. That's right. Yeah. So what language can pet food manufacturers get away with to give us the wrong impression about what's in the food or completely conceal what's in the food?
1: The, the biggest thing they get away with is it's not food. It's feed feed as in cattle feed and chicken feed feed that is uh, meant to be sold in 50 pound bags and stored in a barn and fed on the ground not brought into our homes Uh, not stored in the refrigerator next to our food not sold in a grocery next to our food you notice when pet food and it's not food that is sold in a grocery it's in an aisle across from bleach and insecticides. It's not in an aisle with food, and there's a reason for that because of it's not food. It it is. Food. So
0: it's it's labeled as such, and therefore the way it gets shelved. Yes,
1: and that is the most deceiving thing to me. Uh, there are products out there that are food. Uh, they are labeled with the words "human grade." Yeah, And you'll see that on the label. Ignore when a website makes the claim human grade because nobody validates that. Nobody mm-hmm. verifies that is true. And some have been caught lying with that claim. Um, but when you see the words on the actual pet food, pet treat label, that it's human grade, then you know that has been validated. And those products are actually food They abide by all food law. The rest of them are feed.
0: Now, I also understand that pet food manufacturers get away with making pet parents think that there's more protein or a better source of protein in pet foods than what's actually the source of protein, which could be like cornmeal and some other nasty things that aren't good for your pet. What do you know about that?
1: Well, the ingredients are required to be listed in order of pre-cooking weight, Mm -hmm. the heaviest to the lightest. Mm -hmm. So if they're using a dried ingredient, which the majority of them, especially in a kibble, a dry pet food, but even in canned products, they'll use a dried ingredient. They are allowed to reconstitute the ingredient But yet there's no regulations on how much they reconstitute. So how how much of the water that they add in manufacturing, they assign a percentage of that water to, okay, we use this much, 20% of all the water we added reconstituted the chicken. So of course, chicken is the heaviest ingredient then, and it goes as first. Mm. When actually the corn weighed a lot more initially than the powdered chicken dried corn the corn's going to weigh a lot more Mm. then when the water goes in they're claiming that the chicken weighs more so it's got more chicken in there it gets listed first but the moisture in the manufacturing process also rehydrates that corn so now it goes up here Mm. you know so It's all a game, unfortunately, to mislead us. And we don't really know. You know, they're saying uh, they might make a claim on their website that it's got uh, 40% chicken in it. The next problem comes in is that the legal definition of pet food chicken can be just chicken bones. It can be meat. It can be just chicken bones little to no meat. It can be chicken skin. So they might, it might actually weigh more. The chicken might legitimately be the number one ingredient, the most, uh, the biggest percentage of the food, Mm -hmm. but it's chicken bones. It's not chicken meat. And that's the unfortunate part. Pet owners have to almost become a private investigator to figure out you know, does it really have chicken in it? Is it dried chicken? How much, you know, water did you add to reconstitute it? Um, Is is it chicken frames? That's the language that's chicken bones. Mm. Uh, Was it actual meat? You know, there's so many unknowns. Yes. It's it's very unfortunate.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you found from your research that the dry food and canned food manufacturers are the biggest offenders or no?
1: No, I don't think there's there's a category that is a, a biggest offender. Um, many people, I feed my own pets cooked and raw. I don't feed um, a, a kibble. I would a can if there was a human grade canned pet food, but there's not. Mm. Um, but there, it, it's... It's individuals, like raw pet food is, is a very popular style of pet food. Um, but there are bad players in, in the raw category as well too, that are mm-hmm. using dead livestock that they pick up from a farm. Oh my um, God. Yeah, a, as the, the, and the FDA is fully aware of this and allows it to happen, unfortunately. just horrendous conditions um at some of these places and again that is not disclosed to the pet owner
0: yeah i mean do you find i mean because i feed my dogs and cat raw they're small manufacturers do you find that the small manufacturers are any better than the the big boys so to speak
1: it, it still just depends. There can be bad players.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 the, the one raw manufacturer that uses dead livestock, he, he has to, to go pick up dead animals at farms. You have to have a license from the USDA and this company has a usda dead animal haulers license he brings these dead carcasses and who knows how long they've been dead decomposing and then processes the meat and sells it for raw pet food that's a very small company the other end of the spectrum would be a very large company such as mars pet care
0: yeah
1: um i got through freedom of information act request Uh, the inspection report from FDA going in and doing an inspection at one of their facilities. And they found, quote, millions of roaches in the food production area. I mean, this is all explained in a human food plant. if If that plant was infested with roaches, especially where the food was made, the plant would be shut down until they clean this up. FDA did nothing, absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it truly depends. That's where it circles back to, you almost have to become pet owners have to become a private investigator and learn the history, uh, you know, who has lied, who has gotten away with, you know, things it, it, it also, and this is just my opinion. I really don't have Solid evidence for this, but it appears that the big players, um, the regulatory authorities, look the other way more often than they do the smaller manufacturers. So I can say that I, I you know, my personal opinion, but I, I do believe we
0: see that. Yeah, I think that's true in, in most businesses.
1: When yeah,
0: you feel that much power. And spend that much money, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about why pet food like kibble and canned food are they're so appealing to our pets, and the concern that we should have about this. Um, on your site, you talk about these flavor ingredients that the pet food manufacturers put in. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, um, we don't know a whole bunch about flavors. I asked at a regulatory meeting one time, uh, why is that not disclosed? Why can't consumers know? And the FDA told me that is similar to a secret recipe. That's the guarded recipe of the manufacturer. So then uh, there was uh, an article sort of promoting the flavor industry, just the flavor industry. And this is a statistic from several years ago, is a billion with a B dollar a year industry, just flavorings for pet food. And dogs go more on smell. Cats go more on taste. They and this was, you know, written in favor of this pet food flavoring company, but they they joked that the flavorings added to cat food. They compared it to kitty crack. That's what they called it, kitty crack, that it becomes that addictive. And with the dog food to get it to smell horrible. But yet not too bad for us. They, they use putrid and decomposing chemicals. You know, they take the chemicals out of decomposing tissue, putrid tissue, and that's what they flavor the dog food with. And that's what we're bringing into our homes that our children might be handling. Our children might be tasting it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're not—that is not disclosed to us on the label. And the flavoring is sprayed on at the end of the process, so that's on the very surface
0: that you're touching
1: with your hands if you happen to touch the pet food.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm gonna think twice about uh, touching any dry food from now on. Um, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I really do. I don't blame. Yeah. You I mean. The pores, it goes right into your system, right? Through your. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's now sort of boil this down to what are the red flags that pet parents look for when they shop for food? The good thing that you mentioned they look for is human grade. What are the red flags or any other good things as well that they look for on these labels?
1: Well, there can be some manufacturers that use all human grade ingredients, but because they don't meet the full definition of human grade, they can't make that claim. To be a human grade with it on the label pet food, it has to be 100% human edible ingredients, including all the supplements. There's feed grade supplements, as well as human grade supplements like calcium and magnesium and so forth. and always, human grade are held to a higher standard when they're manufactured. So, um, and the pet food to to make the human grade claim has to be manufactured in a human food facility, a licensed human food facility, so that all manufacturing conditions, just like those roaches, meet human food standards. Roaches cannot exist in the manufacturing area, but there are some manufacturers that source all the best ingredients. They're they're all 100% human edible, but they can't tell you that by regulation. They cannot disclose that to you by regulation. So pet owners can ask, you know, if you can't and the human grade pet foods are more expensive and if you can't afford that, then you ask the manufacturer and you get it in writing, are ingredients human edible? Are supplements human edible? And the other question, uh, which is good to, to know, is what is the country of origin of all ingredients and all supplements? China is, has been a country of concern for pet food ingredients, uh, historically. Not everything that comes out of China is bad. Of course it is not. But historically, we've had a lot of problems with ingredients from China. So each pet owner deserves to know what country it's coming from, and then they can make the decision for themselves if they trust that country of origin or not. Mm -hmm. So gathering that information, ingredient quality, supplement quality, and country of origin, that right there is a very good foundation. Now, you do have to trust that they're telling you the truth. Um, that's where I'd prefer you to get it in writing and keep that email because if something comes up, there happens to be a lawsuit, and then through discovery,
0: yeah, recall
1: revelation comes mm-hmm. to light that mm-hmm. they lied. Mm-hmm. Here's your evidence. They lied to you. Call an attorney. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, lawyers are our regulatory system. We don't have much of a regulatory system with pet food. It's attorneys and these lawsuits. I I think they're wonderful that uh, they're going after these companies for these
0: claims, false
1: claims and false marketing and so forth. But
0: Nestle right now is doing quite a bit of backpedaling regarding the, uh, the safety and the nutritiousness of its pet food. Things came to light, apparently, with Nestle. I haven't really looked into it, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, these things are happening. Nestle is certainly one of the big guns. And if they have to now go back and rethink for PR purposes, if not legal that's right. Yeah. then that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, we need someone holding them accountable yeah. and the FDA does not do it. That, that is the biggest thing for pet owners to understand that you have to be your pet's own advocate. We believe that, oh, of course, the FDA is not going to allow diseased animals or decomposing animal carcasses and pet food. No one would believe that. But I have the FDA's own words in a letter stating that Uh, they absolutely allow it. They think it's safe for our pets to consume. And they believe we don't deserve to know about it. So don't feel that comfort that your State Department of Agriculture or the FDA has you or your pets back Mm. because they don't. Now on the flip side of that, should your pet ever get sick that you believe is linked to a pet food, absolutely it needs to be reported to FDA. They need to know about it. It has to be documented. FDA might not do anything about it, but there's people, me and other people like me, that request all of those complaints from FDA through a Freedom of Information Act request, and down the road... Your report to FDA might be vital to another lawsuit, and it might save other pets' lives. One short story, uh, which is so important for pet owners to, to understand, should the absolute thing worse happen and your pet dies that you firmly believe was linked to a pet food, please, please, please have a necropsy, an autopsy performed on that pet. And I'll give you an example of of what one pet owner did and how much it changed, it it shifted pet food. Um, In Washington State on uh, New Year's Eve 2017, a pet owner thought she was doing the right thing and she bought this canned pet food that said human grade, said human grade on the website, and thought she was giving a special New Year's Eve treat. And within 15 minutes, she has five little dogs. All five little dogs started staggering around and falling over. She scoops them all up, takes them to an emergency clinic. And one of them who ate the most of the food died. This little dog's name was Tallulah. She made the decision to have a necropsy performed on Tallulah. And the scientists performing the necropsy noticed the food in Tallulah's stomach and thought it looked strange He tested the food and the pet food contained penobarbital, the drug used to euthanize animals. So this was confirmation that a euthanized animal was ground up and made into pet food. The lab reported it to FDA. FDA did testing on unopened cans, found more penobarbital, and there was a recall. From that recall, a television journalist in Washington, D.C. saw the story and went, I wonder if more pet foods contain pentobarbital. She tested 62 cans and nine cans tested positive for pentobarbital. Nine other brands, which led to more recalls. The actions of that one pet owner ended up recalling 92 million pounds. Of pentobarbital contaminated pet food. If you lay, they were all canned foods. If you laid those cans end to end, they would stretch from Key West, Florida, to Los Angeles, California, to FDA headquarters in Washington, D.C. And it was all because she did the right thing. And it's difficult to do. You're grieving. You're heartbroken. But look at the lives that she saved.
0: Yeah. you know, she
1: changed the future for so many families and so many pets. So, uh, and you're angry when this happens, you're angry and you're hurt. And that's how you can really advocate for your pet that, that you lost is do that testing because it very well could save countless lives.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Susan. That was so powerful and really, really important. Appreciate it. Where can people find you and find out more about what you do? The website is
1: truthaboutpetfood.com. No the on it just truth about petfood.com it's a free newsletter please sign up for the newsletter i send out stories information i learn arguments that i get into <laughs> with regulatory i send you know a couple posts out every week recall notices are all shared on the website you know we try to keep pet owners informed
0: you also everyone should know susan compiles a list every year of Pet food brands across all types that she has personally vetted and trusts to give her own pets, and that is available for purchase. I think it's a nominal fee of ten dollars. Susan. Yes. Yeah. Helps to keep things going over there.
1: Well, that's I. I am yeah. solely supported by pet owners. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. solely supported by pet owners. This is my full time job. I sit behind this computer for far too many hours every day, but I love what I do. So it's okay. But I have to have a roof over my head and electric and of so course. forth. And, so and
0: we appreciate uh, that's how
1: it. I support my, my work.
0: Yeah, we appreciate what you're doing. So valuable list. There will be a link in the chat where you can pick that up. And thank you again, Susan, for your time. Oh, right?
1: well, thank you for having I appreciate me.
0: Appreciate that. <laughs> really, I appreciate your time and the information, valuable information. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Join me next time to learn about cutting edge products and technologies to help naturally heal our pets. We as pet parents have so many more options today to avoid the imbalances and side effects pharmaceuticals cause when we can. So until next time, this is Jody Miller-Young of the Hound Healer Reports signing out to their health let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com